When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, he texted me the other day, you know, you know, Pat, he's a great, a great person, a uh, great player in this league for a long time. I was in his division and that was always a tough, tough day going against him. So we're trying to work again. We're trying to be solutions oriented about everything we do here. You want to make sure that you respect a player of his caliber, his expertise in this league, uh, but also the reality of the situation we're in from a salary cap standpoint. So again, those conversations are ongoing. We're trying to work through those problems as we, as we can. That's right. Solution. I like, I'm, I'm all about being solution focused too. Sometimes I think Judd is problem focused. Like he's really good at pointing out what's wrong with the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work from I work from problem to solution. <laughs> but you got to know what your problems are first. It's a reality that most in this world don't want to have to examine. I enjoy the examination of your problems. Yeah, Judd is going to open up a sports consulting firm here sometime this That's summer. Things slow down. A little side hustle. So this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's really not that complicated after 60 years. That's that's the only goal at this point. Uh, and the show is presented by Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. You guys want to get nerdy here? Let's do it. Yes. You guys want to do a Hell deep yeah. dive yes. into Not the NFL nerdy. draft? It's football. I want to mock. Let's bring in our guy here from NBC Sports Edge, Thor Nystrom, My to guy. shed some knowledge. What's going on, Thor? How you doing, guys? What's up? Well, we're sitting here trying to figure out what a competitive rebuild is, as Quasi characterized it yesterday. <laughs> No, it seems yeah. like an oxymoron, but whatever. I'm here. Yeah, I, I think Quasi's a smart guy, so I don't know. He, he, he's a very smart guy. He's tried to straddle both lines rhetorically. I thought that was very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it, it was because it takes a lot of work, Thor. Like you got to be really on point to be t- talking about the the present and future simultaneously and trying to sell both of them as viable products. So I don't know I, if he's going to win a Super Bowl, but I'm ready to give him a de- debate championship for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yes, for sure. So, all right, let's let's dive in for like 15 minutes here. The Vikings have the number 12 overall pick, you know, second round. I think right now they still have room. We we haven't seen the the details of the Zadarius Smith contract yet, but uh, with the Daniil Hunter restructure, or I guess shifting the roster bonus to a signing bonus, and then accounting for let's say five million dollars in Adam Thielen savings, they're looking to have around 20 million dollars in cap space before the Zadarius Smith contract details come in. So 
they probably still have room to fill a need or two on the roster in free agency. Otherwise, it's draft. So cornerback is a need. Linebacker depth is a need. Interior offensive line, uh, long-term quarterback. But I think I, don't, I would be shocked if they drafted a quarterback in the first round. So as you look at this roster puzzle right now and, and what might be available to the Vikings in the draft, where do you start, Thor? Cornerback for sure. I, you know, for me, if, if you're looking at the, the 12 slot right now, that has to be the, the leading contender for where you're going to go. Right now in my draft, it's going to drop later today on NBC Sports Edge. I'm giving them Trent McDuffie. I, I think that's probably the best fit. Assuming Sauce Gardner doesn't fall to the Vikings in the first round, I think he's probably the leader in the clubhouse to go number 12. So that's where I have him going right now. In the second round at the 46 slot, I, I think if they go corner in the first round, I think probably edge defender is, is pro- would probably be the leader for that spot. I have them looking at Nick Benito right now. Obviously, the Vikings are switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4. I think he would be a fabulous fit right there. Um, they did get Zadarius Smith, so, so maybe that would be a lesser need right now, but I, I think it still is somewhat of a, a need area. Um, and, and then the other ones, interior offensive line is still an enormous need. We've talked about this uh Guard, you, you need absolutely need one starter at guard. You might still need a, 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 a one at center as well, at least some insurance there for Bradbury. So th- those would be some ones that initially I would look at. You need a third receiver as well. All right, so at quarterback, I agreed completely with what you just said until Quazy spoke yesterday. And and his I sort of dismissed the themes because I don't know. Like, like the themes are the talking points, right? But – Sometimes in a press conference like that, you say something that that I can read between the lines and you're telling the truth completely, and it's this one. He mentioned the fact that Donatello's 3-4 scheme is going to, uh, it basically takes pressure off the corners and makes their life easier because with Mike, there was no question, Thor, that the pressure was on the corners and it was a huge job there. Do you think that there's a chance that he is basically saying, we're going to sign some corners, we might draft one, but we wouldn't do it in the first round? And let me throw a crazy thought. Could there be a chance that they trade trade back in the first round and address center there? Because I'm with you. I think Garrett Bradbury is a bust. Like, he's not, he's not good. So I don't think when O'Connell at the uh, combine talked about, we like, you know, Garrett Bradbury, blah, blah, blah. I think he's just blowing smoke, but I don't do you see- think the corner thing is a viable thought. I, I don't see any way that you could like Garrett Bradbury. So I, I agree. I think they're blowing smoke on that. It, it, as far as the cornerback thing, I do think that, that it's a viable uh, idea to trade back. However, I don't think it's a viable idea to simply ignore it and leave the depth chart where it is right now. Um, yeah. yeah. Because the, the, the cornerbacks are so bad and, as Vikings fans, we've seen over the years when, when the Vikings decide to sort of shirk that spot on the roster, what yes. it becomes. We don't want to go up against Aaron Rodgers twice a year and have the cornerback position what it is right now. I, a guy like Trent McDuffie, though, I think, you know, like w- w- sort of what you have to look at it with shades of gray. And, and I think what they're talking about with Donatel's system is you don't need the prototypical uh, sort of uh, – all pro type cornerback to run that system. You can have a cornerback who has some limitations that other teams are going to look over because of that. Trent McDuffie is a guy that fits that sort of paradigm for me where you see some of these teams are nitpicking and because he has 
lack of length or, or some of those other different things where he's going to fall a little bit because of that. But this is a guy who was McDuffie Island the last three years in the Pac-12 and wow. shut out people's lights because of it. McDuffie I, Island. Football. Let's hit him with the football sounder. <laughs> Love that, dude. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter that his arms are under 30 inches or some of these different things. He's just a really pesky defender. Like, like I said, he fits Donatel's system. And if you think that you can get him below 12, and there's a decent chance because of some of these limitations you know, with his size, his build, some of that, that he will be, I do think that you can trade down. And by the way, you, you guys, we, we've all talked about the, the, you know, the restrictions that Kirk Cousins' contract puts on your cap. Because of that, you need to get creative with some of this stuff because you don't have the ammo with, with the salary cap space to fill some of these spots. One of the things that you can do, one of the only other things that you can do to, to fill those spots is trade down in the draft, get extra equity. So I would absolutely advocate for that, especially if you could still trade down and get a guy like Trent McDuffie. So, okay, so so speaking of trading back and getting extra equity, so let's just looking back at the Rick Spielman draft from the last couple of years. I mean, the Vikings have, you want to talk about competitive rebuild, in a win-now window, they've also drafted more players than any team in the NFL the last three years. They've drafted like 38 players or something. So, and, and, you've, and you've covered these drafts going back, you know, the last few years. So, because I, I think the place you start here in part is, are there players that were drafted in 2021 and even going back to 2020? You know, some of those guys have come through. Like, we kind of know what Cam Dantzler is and we know what Ezra Cleveland is, you know, DJ Wanda. But 2021, who in that draft that was put in the Mike Zimmer doghouse do you still look at and say, okay, that player could actually be serviceable. You might as well count him as a draft pick. Like Chaz Surratt, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones. Uh, I, think, I think Cam Bynum's going to start. At this point, opposite Harrison Smith, but but what what do you think of the draft class from a year ago that's collecting dust at this point? Yeah, I mean, Surratt was a guy that I I didn't love that pick, but certainly he's a guy that you still have to give an opportunity to because of the athleticism, right? And and he was a guy who he had only played linebacker in college for two years, so you knew he was going to take some runway until he became what he was supposed to become in the NFL anyway. So he wasn't going to be what he was supposed to become in a year anyway. So the jury's still out on him. I, I, I would give him a little bit more time, even though, like I said, I wasn't a fan of his anyway. Uh, Wyatt Davis, he needs a little bit more time as well. He wasn't gonna. He, it wasn't gonna be a thing where right away he was gonna be a plug and play starter. Um, so some of those guys, I, I would give him a little more. Keenan Wangu, it, it's the same exact thing. He was stuck behind David Montgomery the whole time. The only reason he got drafted was because he went out and posted that 98th percentile athletic score or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's a guy where we'll see. We'll see if they ran into something there or not, if you know, if they just sort of ran into a pitch or not. Um, but a lot of these guys, they're guys where they – another one, Zach Davidson. You know, like a, a lot of these guys, they just sort of rolled the dice. So we'll, we'll see if, if they ended up turning into anything, but – I didn't love a lot of those picks in, in, in the last draft. Um, Kellen Mond, uh, I, I you know I, I think the jury's in probably on that one. But oh, you're done. You're you're so you done. You're done with Kellen Mond. You're, I'm done. It's I'm, over. I'm done with Kellen. I was done with Kellen Mond when they picked him. Wow. <laughs> I because the thing is with Kellen Mond, he, he he's a developmental guy that you saw in the highest level of college football for four different years, and he never jumped up. Right, he was as good as he was as a fourth-year senior as he was as a freshman. The game never went up, and he was surrounded by great players all four years. He had a great offensive line. He had a great coach his last year, Jimbo Fisher, who developed the number one overall player at Florida State, Jameis Winston. He had everything around him that you could possibly need, and his game never went up. He's a dual-threat player with an arm who didn't throw down the field at Texas A&M and who who never used his legs. He didn't have utility with his legs. 
what what are we what are we looking for here? What, I love it. What so, so like, going to jump up. So when Mike Zimmer got up to the podium, was it after that Packers game? And Kellen Mond came in for like three and a half minutes and just looked lost. But but like, and Mike Zimmer threw him under the bus at the press conference, and and the reaction from ninety five percent of people was, well, that's mean. Why you, you know, give him a chance? And Thor was sitting there with a tall boy in hand, just nodding and agreeing <laughs> with Mike Zimmer the whole time. Yeah, this guy's a clown. Yeah, I, I mean, I, listen, I, I think Mike Zimmer's a dick, and I definitely think that he deserved to be fired. But at least in that moment, it was like, he's telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. what, what are you going to do? And probably he was not behind the decision to draft Kellen Mond. I'm sure he was in the draft room being like, guys, I do not want this back. So what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm going to go back to interior O-line. Tell me about a guy who I, I guess had a great pro day yesterday, I believe, Nebraska center Cam Jurgens. Where, where could you get him, and could he be a plug-and-play guy at that position? Beef Jurgen. Sh- sh- Shout-out to Rich Eisen. Um, yeah, he, he's a guy that for sure the Vikings are going to be looking at. If, if he gets into, uh, I, I would say, well, he's going up right now. Uh, right. If, if he can get into maybe, you know, mid-day three, I mean, he, he might be above that now where, it, where it's like early day three, so he might get outside of the where, where the Vikings would be looking. But if, if he can get to, like, round five, you know, I, I think that's where the Vikings could start looking because I don't think that they're going to take a pure center above that because of the we believe in Garrett Bradbury thing. But in the fifth round, I think that's where they could pull the trigger on a center and a guy like Jurgens, he totally fits what the Vikings are looking for. As you guys know, it's it's a pure zone sort of a thing. And he's a guy who can compete with Bradbury on the exact same plane, strength for strength. And I think he's a guy who could come in right away and give Bradbury a run for his money for the starting center position. So this is – the interior offensive line is so interesting to me. I mean, center – Especially with Kirk Cousins, he's not mobile enough to, to to get away from interior pressure. And I think from a leadership standpoint, I think he could just really benefit from having an equal partner. Like, I keep going back to J.C. Treader. I mean, if you're going to make all these moves to win now in 2022, I think you just cross your fingers on his leg problems and, and go forward. But as you look ahead to how they can fix the interior offensive line, center and guard long term, I understand that an analytics-minded front office that has trading and Wall Street background isn't going to want to pump $15 million a year into a right guard. But we sit here, having watched the carousel of guards throughout the last six seasons, basically well, going back even 10 seasons to when Steve Hutchinson retired, and they can't find a solution. So we sit here and say, okay, just spend money to fix it in free agency and be done with it. But Quasey probably looks at it and says, all right, we got to be careful with where we allocate salary cap space. We can't pay running backs big money going forward. We can't, you know, the linebackers, we got to be careful. And I would assume that he's got, he's going to be careful not pumping $30 million into guards. But the Vikings have been unable to find and draft and develop guards. So do you think it's been more of an issue of they've just selected the wrong players? Or do you think they've had a development and coaching issue with interior offensive line? Well, it's 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 both of that, but it's also Kirk Cousins, right? Like if you if you had gotten rid of Kirk Cousins this offseason, then you could have, for instance, signed Brandon Scherf. Like if, if you're going to get a, a rookie, you know, if you're going to get a quarterback on a rookie deal, the, the salary cap is not a myth. And if you give forty million dollars to your quarterback, you can't give fifteen million dollars to a guard, right? It's just you, you have to allocate, you know, and and and, and do that sort of the thing. I would have loved to have Brandon Scherf, but once you made the decision to sign Kirk Cousins, that was no longer on the board. At that point, you have to do correctly. When you when when you pick a first round center, you have to hit. 
And when you miss on a Garrett Bradbury, yeah. you don't have the money. When you, when you have a Kirk Cousins, you don't have the money to solder over that. We are This is not baseball, and we are not the New York Yankees. When you make a $20 million, $30 million mistake, you can't just wipe over it, right? So that, that's sort of the, the, the issue for the Vikings here. Now they're going to have to hit in the draft. Hopefully Wyatt Davis pans out. Um, and, and if that doesn't happen, they're going to need to hit on a couple guys here late. Cam Jurgens is an example of this. Hopefully with the guard, you know, be it the third round, uh, potentially. It, it, in my mock draft here, I, I didn't get to it. But in the third round, I have the Vikings taking Ed Ingram, who's an athletic guard from, from LSU. A, a guy like that, maybe you have him co- come in and compete with Wyatt Davis for that starting uh, guard position. I'm happy that Dakota Dozier decided to to follow Courtney Cronin to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> She's going to quit the Bears beat now. <laughs> <laughs> then she'll go somewhere else, and Dakota will follow her yeah, there as hey, well. Hey, I'm back. Exactly. But, but between those two guys, hopefully you find a competent starting guard. you got to patch this together somehow. Hey, how, how good, in your opinion now, after at least playing half of uh, 2021, is Christian Dersaw? I, I think he's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, okay. and, and, and he's a guy who came on very late. Like, as you guys know, like coming out of high school, he was just like a low sort of three-star recruit. He had to go to the, um, what, what do you call it, the military school for one year. And then after that, he goes to Virginia Tech. They didn't even know that they had anything. He started right away as a true freshman at left tackle and then just ascended, ascended, ascended. Um, and, and so he came on just very, very quickly. I think he's going to get better and better and better. I don't know why he didn't play earlier for the Vikings, but he was pretty dang good once they put him in the lineup. All right, Thor, we got we got to say goodbye here. Give us one last hot draft take for the road. Like, Give us your hottest draft take off the top of your head for the road here. Malik Willis is the best player in this draft. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. Football. Lions? Let's get it. At number Lions. two? Lions do they do it? Two. Yep. So? Do they do it? I think they pull the trigger. Oh, sneaky. Oh, wow. Thor. Sneaky. There that he man is, buried folks. the lead. <laughs> Thor Nystrom, awesome. NBC Sports Edge, uh, and give people your social media handles and anywhere else they can find your work. I'm at ThorKU on Twitter, and you can find my work at NBC Sports Edge. Boom. All right. Awesome, we'll get dude. you on Thank again, you. man. My See friends. You, Appreciate you. Thank you, Thor. Our football-loving, draft-loving friend, Thor Nystrom oh. from NBC Whoa. Sports Edge. That was 15 minutes of just pure adrenaline football. football. Right but here, he man. just he just dropped the mic and walked off the stage with that last take. Well, Malik all these... Willis is the best player in the draft is is a statement. I think it's absolutely fair to say that Malik Willis, considering his position and his traits, that's right, his his traits. Yeah, you yep, you go football. That his that. upside is the highest upside of any player in the draft. But there's also sure. like a much higher percentage of if he gets into the wrong hands, you know, the wrong coach. Dan Campbell, I don't know if he's the best coach to develop Dan a quarterback at a high level. But um, what did you what did you make? I, I, I love I love where he's going with go get a cornerback in the first round. And if there are some center, I mean, John Sullivan was like a fifth round pick. He was, he was a, a franchise center. So he was. But I'm just I think a lot of people, including myself, are so skeptical at this point about this franchise. And again, it's a di- totally different coaching staff, different front office. So we got to we got to get a snap this line of thinking. Right. But we've seen so many mid late round offensive linemen come in and oh, they've got talent and they just need to be molded. And then right. nothing. All right, so I am at a place where if they take a corner in the first round, I 100% will not object. I mean, they definitely do need help there. Um, so here's how I'm going to try and, and going forward think about what they're doing. I'm going to try and think 
of, of it like they are. And I'm going to take the track that I think Quasi and O'Connell are probably on, which is track two, which is the development and trying to find pieces within the within their means. So, because like the veteran one, I really don't care about. Like, it's just not exciting. Like the whole thing of, well, we're going to keep this guy and keep that guy. And I don't know fans like guys, but I just, I'm not excited by, by that. So, so the... So the competitive part of the rebuild doesn't do much for me personally. The rebuild does. Um, so if they go corner in the first round, if they go, you know, I mean, heck, if you can get a guy, if you can get a good pass rushing end in the second round, and those guys are hard to find. If you can get a good, good one, you should jump. Um, so if you're not filling needs directly right now, I almost don't care. I really almost don't care because I'm not invested in 22. I am in, in invested in 23, 24, beyond. Um, so if you do that and then you have the ability and the scouting staff to identify, because you can get these guys, the Vikings just whiffed on interior offensive linemen from like, let's say the third through fifth rounds. I'm fine. We are going to have to have some confidence that this group and this scouting staff, and I think it's going to change what we'll probably see is some big changes after the draft, that they are going to have a better ability to find certain spots where the Spielman staff did not, right? Dude, yes. Well, the, But I'm on that path. I'm on the, the rebuild path. You could have your competitive path. I don't really care right now about that. Well, that's let's let's. I've got I've got. I want to put a pin in a Rick Spielman draft debacle thought for a second here. So let's we're just gonna take that put a put a pin in it right there. Yeah, come back to it later. A man that's been in too many meetings. That's we're just gonna take that offline. We're gonna circle back. Yeah, we're gonna circle back. A a man who clearly (laughs) around ten o'clock Pacific time in the morning starts meeting. Very excited. My uh, my corporate life. Um. The competitive rebuild thing. Mm-hmm. All right. I I think it's funny because Quasi criticized the people, us probably, who have painted this as a black and white thing, right? You're either all in or you're rebuilding. And more often than not, he said, there's, there's a shade of gray. And I try to operate on both sides of that fence because as a general manager, you, you do have to be looking out for five years down the road, three years down the road. And I totally agree and understand that. And I think very highly of him so far as a communicator, everything that every, the people have written and said about him, I am high on Quasi. I also think so. And all right, two things can be true. I am high on Quasi. I think he's a, a, a potentially great general manager for the Vikings going forward. And I think competitive rebuild is an oxymoron that if you are fully committed to winning a Super Bowl, like the Rams, for instance, people like to use the Rams as a Vikings example because, well, Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins and, you know, the Sean McVay coaching tree connection. But what did the Rams do when they thought they were on the right track to win a Super Bowl? They started trading draft picks for established players. They, then they would sign players and backload contracts, right? And so they're headed for salary cap hell at some point, but they don't care. They sold out to beef their team up to win a Super Bowl. So they traded like six years worth of first round picks to get players in here. You know, bring it. And then they created a culture where, like, if Odell Beckham gets released by the Browns, the Rams are the place to be because they're all in. They're going for it. They're innovative offensively. So if you're trying to create that type of, if you're all in on winning a Super Bowl, which again, they're not. 
And he said it yesterday that they're not. They're straddling the fence trying to do both. We're going to be competitive and kind of rebuild. But if you're all in to win a Super Bowl with Cousins and Thielen and Jefferson and all these guys, the veterans on your team, Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks, then the conversation would be trading a first-round pick, the number 12 pick, for an established player this year, mm-hmm. I think. So there's so there and, and it sounds like they're not going to do that, which means that they aren't they aren't fully committed to winning a Super Bowl because they're trying to hoard resources for the future as part of the second part of this sentence or this, you know, competitive rebuild. But if you were all in on rebuilding to the best of your ability as quickly and as effectively as possible, well, wouldn't you want more than just one first round pick this year, one second round pick and then one first round like you'd want more than a first and a second and a first and a second next year. Ideally right. you'd want two or three first round picks. Maybe three or four second-round picks. And the only way that you can get those things is by trading established players. So what they're doing is digging their heels into the middle ground, the median that they've been sitting in as a franchise for a long, long time. That's where it doesn't fully add up to me. Because in the process of, of having what looks to be complete collaboration, you have people on this side of said fence and people on that side set fence and that's that's what they're going to if you have true collaboration where everybody gets their say you're never probably going to have consensus um i also think that so so like quasi used lots of terms to sort to sort of explain because you're right phil he said it's it's shades of gray you know you guys are trying to say it's rebuild or not and blah 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 but the reality is this too so, so let's take his words and, and put them in the current era of which he is speaking. You've talked about for a long time, I think going back more to baseball, but about bandwidth, right? Mental, yeah. you, you only have in your brain, no, no matter how smart you might be, so much mental bandwidth. And it's my opinion that when you have a golden opportunity to, I won't say rebuild, I'll say reset which these guys do right now. Like, they were just brought in. It's a perfect time. Spielman, last year, not perfect. Time to win. That's going to be tough. Time to win, Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are challenging themselves from a bandwidth place to try and juggle too much. And so the next lo- logical question is, okay, what do you take off the plate? Like, what goes? And to me, it's this... Let's bring everybody back. Let's try and win. I I would far prefer if I was Quasi's boss and O'Connell's boss to put them in a position to say, I understand it's important to win, but the most important thing is to get this right. And and the way to get this right is to allow you to focus solely on one goal. And that's where, like, Shades of Grey, I love that, and it's true in life, but sometimes things aren't as complicated as, as we humans can make them. And I think in this case, this is a very easy transition to we need to put you all in on what's most important here. And that's where I think they're they're missing the grand point. And I don't know it's crazy, but I do think that there are people in that building that are missing the point, which is you've got a really good opportunity now to hit a reset, which could benefit you for years to come. Yeah. I want to point something else out here, too, from from really uh, this is kind of from Quasi's background but it's also uh this started before he got to Cleveland. So Cleveland was just constant like Cleveland's kind of a bad example because they are one of the most incompetent franchises in NFL history for a 20 year period until they finally sort of figured it out like 3 years ago. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me with Andrew Barry and Quasi and those guys. 
But the last iteration of their most recent rebuild sort of started in 2017 when they wound up with three first round draft picks and a second round draft pick. Now they didn't hit on all these guys, but they had so they had in 2017 they had three first round draft picks and a second. And then in 2018 they had two first rounders and two second rounders. So they had all these extra first and second round picks in 2017 and 2018 and with those picks again they didn't hit on all of these guys but Baker Mayfield who kind of train wrecked at the end but like he's he's a huge part of the reason that they've had stability at quarterback and he played well before the injury a couple of years ago like is he a pro bowler like no but Baker Mayfield was better than almost all the quarterbacks the 15 years before that Denzel Ward has been a star starting cornerback for them for a number of years uh, Nick Chubb, second-round pick, 2018. That was the extra second-round pick that they had. Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers wound up going to uh, the Giants a couple years later. David Njoku. Like, because they had accumulated extra picks beyond what all the other teams had, they were able to get Nick Chubb, and they were able to get Denzel Ward and these other players to quicken their rebuild and become an 11-win team and then win a playoff game, et cetera. So if you're fully committed to rebuilding, then you want the extra first and second round picks. Well, I would, I would, I would suggest at this point you should trade your trade your first round pick, trade your second round pick for a player that can help you now. Is there a guard or a center out there right now that's up for a contract in a year on a team that's going nowhere that you can trade for right now? Like I, I would, I don't, I don't know if it's going to get you to a Super Bowl, but like you've you've gone this far, keep pushing chips in, go all in. Let's do right, it. but but the problem is they're they are trying to hedge their bets, which is the worst thing possible. So, like, the problem is they don't have the consensus to do what you just said. They also don't have the consensus to to dump veteran players to go all in, like you just explained, the Browns. To get, to get draft picks. Yeah. yeah, so, so like, what's the – like, literally in sports, somebody eventually has to make a decision. And we're seeing right now what happens if you say, we got to play nice, let's go with the consensus. The consensus is, I want to do this. Well, I want to do that. Well, how do we compromise? We'll both do something that we like. Yeah. Like, this is like, this, people are going to get very upset and say, you guys, this is typical Purple Daily. This is why I am a KFAN stand, because you guys do nothing but complain about the Vikings. But what we are seeing in progress is, the, is a potentially slow train wreck. And that's what I don't like. And And I will go back to this point. I think... I think there's precedent here, and I think the precedent here, and it's a much different year, but if you remember 2009 into 2010, they literally were like, we're bringing guys back. We're going to bring everybody. Now, we thought that team was good, so so we were ultimately wrong about that. But this feels like the same I formula. It, I, I actually called it on Rice. Oh, you did? Oh, that okay. be a train <laughs> well, wreck in 2010. One where of is that in correct great predictions? Declan. I just want to throw it out Find there. Find that one. Find that <laughs> Mackie gem. But – this feels like that in trying to run too much back. And I would argue, I think football is the worst sport to do that in. I think guys age out so quickly that like basketball, hockey, baseball, it might hurt you a little bit. I think in football, it's a disastrous idea. Like if Eric Hendricks is as done as, as it's beginning to look possibly from what, I mean, what can be proven from his 2021 performance if he just goes completely off the cliff now, what have you gained? Well, you you might have missed an opportunity to get a second or third sure. round pick or something, right? And, and sure. ammo to trade up. And and I'm and I'm not going as far as you are. Like I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong here. So 
save it for old tweets exposed on Mackie and Judd decks. I don't think this team has a lot of train wreck ability to it. If 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 enough people stay healthy, like if Kirk gets hurt and Mannion's the quarterback, okay, now they're now they're a four win team, right? Um, but I think I think Kirk is sort of like train wreck proof. He's Kirk is. If you lined up all the quarterbacks and said, "All right, who has the highest floor?" He has a higher floor than Patrick Mahomes does. Because Mahomes is going to get into a game sometimes and just sling three interceptions and tra- because because he's aggressive and he might go out there and just have a train wreck game. Sure, Kirk gives you a block against a three and a four win season because he's just going to be very steady and consistent. So I, what my biggest worry isn't that oh my god like they're going to age out and be a train wreck this year. I think my biggest worry is that their ceiling is still like nine or ten wins and they're just going to be stuck in the middle again. That's best case though. That's what that's I'm pro- saying. That's, that's probably better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like this is. I feel like not picking a path has repercussions that could be worse. I don't know why. I just feel like it. Okay. I feel like you've been given a, an opportunity, a second chance. You are George Bailey, and you have seen <laughs> your life, and you're like, "Ah, screw that! I'm just going to go back to my old life." It just feels. I I don't like. I don't like tempting the football gods by saying we're going to do a competitive rebuild. You just wait. There's something weird about it to me, but I might. We'll see. Hopefully, I'm totally wrong. I hope no, I'm wrong. I hope they're great. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we know that there's nothing weird about Livia because they've helped. They've helped you lose like Results. 40 pounds. It's crazy. You know what, Phil? That's a really good point. So when, when I'm talking about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, you know what the Vikings are doing would be like walking in with a bag of chips and dip and being like, I am going to eat like a pig. And Livia, help me lose weight. No, you've got to choose a path. And last, I believe it was late last summer, I chose a path. And that was the weight loss path, down almost 40 pounds. And now I want you to join me. Get 25% off your program, plus 35 meals for free. And of course, you can now choose the virtual or in-person options, which will be customized to you. So you can do this virtually from anywhere in the country. Lose 20, 30 pounds. Summertime comes, everything fits. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com to choose the path of weight loss. 25% off the program, 35 meals. 855-GO-LIVIA. Listen, guys, as we're losing weight and we're feeling better about ourselves, Let's go to the next level and feel better about ourselves in the bedroom. All right. Valley Park Medical is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. Their approach is medical. Right. You'll meet with a medical provider who will review your medical history, examine everything, and supervise your treatments. And the best part is, well, there's a few great parts. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, non-invasive, and discreet. Okay. So you can kind of go under the radar while you fix this important area of your life. Valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. Valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. Are you guys ready to compete head-to-head, knuckles-to-knuckles? I thought Thor might be involved, so I was really, really prepared. You're lucky he had a time constraint. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for the random Viking of the week here. All right. Let's do it. Purple Daily. Yeah, I was kind of, you know, we had to be respectful of, of Thor's time. He's a busy man. He's got other obligations. He's, so he's big time, man. You're lucky. NBC Sports. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. So, all You're right. You're lucky. Here is 
the random Viking of the week. The, so you guys compete head to head here. Uh, Judd, you have a 17 to 11 lead on Declan since we started it's doing shrink- this. It's shrinking. Uh, shrinking. Declan last week correctly grabbed uh, John David's booty off the board. Oh, I see what you did there. A man I once saw in Applebee's in Manhattan. Oh, I thought you were going to say you saw his booty. No, 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 no. I saw him in Applebee's uh, after a practice one night. I believe he was dining with, if I'm not mistaken, fifth round pick, John Sullivan. Half price dabs after nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, Star Tribune put a lot of tab out tabs on there. All right, go ahead. Some previous random Vikings of the week have been Tavares Jackson, Leroy Horde, Jeff Dugan, Greg Jennings, and Toby Gerhardt. I'm going to give you guys a series of clues. You have three incorrect guesses each until you're eliminated, and you can blurt out guesses whenever you want. You can also ask me questions, and I can answer them if I want to. All right, hold on. Get my notes. We'll start with this one. Yeah. This random Viking of the week originally hails from Jefferson, Ohio. This random Viking of the week played seven seasons in the National Football League and was part of four different NFL organizations. Four different. All right. Are you literally writing down verbatim all the clues? I don't I don't write down where they're from. Unless it's extremely oh, notable. Oh, I do. Jefferson, I, Ohio. I I mean, Ohio the, is I a football hotbed. Cl- yep, exactly right. Mm. Exactly right. A lot of great football players know how. No question about it. All right, this random Viking of the week has played uh, a role in three small films, actually. Most notably, The Take. And also in 2008, this random Viking of the week appeared on the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I feel like Declan's got an advantage here. Have like you guys ever seen How I Met Your Mother? I, yeah, and they're Vikings it's fans. It's not my favorite show, but I've and seen a few ones. And yes, uh, uh, Jason Segal's character is a humongous Vikings fan in it. And from St. Cloud. Segal. Great in Freaks Is it Jason Segal? Segal, Segal. Jason Segal, right? Sarah Marshall. Declan doesn't care. I don't care. Big Freaks goofy looking dude. Watch it. Yeah, I love you, man. Watch that Freaks show. And Geeks. Great yeah. show. Love Freaks and Geeks. One of my favorites. Three small films in How I Met Your Mother. Yep. All right, so, ran- okay, I got a question. Was he playing for the Vikings when he appeared in the show? Uh, no. He was not. He was not. So he was not playing for the Vikings in 2008. All right. That might be a pretty big clue, actually. Uh, this random Viking of the week played college football in the NAIA couldn't name a single team out of that conference and he played for the amsterdam admirals of nfl europe at one point where he was named to the all nfl europe team for breaking numerous records at his position oh christ or like numerous records oh christ in in a league that wasn't around that long so (laughs) how many years of nfl europe were there Oh, probably six, six or seven. I think there were more than we think. But this Brad is Johnson so, playing the NFL. Yes, yes, he did. So this puts it in. <laughs> so this puts this guy in the nineties, probably. This, um, I don't remember NFL Europe. Is that a question? Around. Do you want me to answer that question? Yeah, yeah, yes. Was this was this that, guy? That's okay. Was this guy in that? Well, he didn't answer it yet. He he can refuse. I mean, uh, I will say that this player did play in the NFL in the nineteen nineties. That's correct. This random Viking of the week was a seventh-round pick. And the NFL coaches he played for were Dennis Green, 
Herm Edwards, Jack Del Rio, and Bill Callahan. This random Viking of the week once made a guest appearance with Mackie and Judd. Ah, crap. And Rami. We had for for a couple of years. It was Mackie and Judd with our guy Rami. It was on that iteration of the show that that we spoke with this random Viking of the week. Viking of the week. In the nineties. <laughs> this, this is great. Well, you guys are consternating here. Oh, son I'm gonna, of a... I'm going to pause to tell the audience about I'm with Federated, Dexon. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I'm going to mute this. Been Thank around you. for over a hundred years. <laughs> Federated is all about helping your business maximize its success. They specialize in core industries that they know and understand very well as opposed to trying to sell as many policies as possible. They love what they do, and they love being part of a great company, and they love helping your great company. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right? This random Viking of the week scored a touchdown in the 1998 NFC Championship Jake Reed. Game. In the 1998 championship game? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> In the 1998 championship oh. game. Oh, I should easily get the son of a... <laughs> no, it's a... We did a... Re- oh, God. It's a... Ran- it, this is such a random Viking of the week. This random Viking of the week currently hosts a podcast with Terrell Owens. Matthew uh. Hatchet. Budge Sickle. Budge Sickle. Matthew Hatchett. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten 60 it. career catches for 887 yards and six touchdowns in the regular season. Callahan? I hate when you give the coaches sometimes because <laughs> it actually throws me off. Yeah, he uh, he was a, a preseason only, but he did. He <sighs> was with the Raiders for. Oh, pre- you suck. Oh, you. Still got paid. He's still, he still paid. We did a. I mean, well, we consider Sage Rosenfels a member mm-hmm. of the Minnesota Vikings. He never actually played in a game with the Minnesota Vikings. I think we did a uh, random season recall in '98, and or maybe it was a Minnesota Sports Rewind on that game. And I remember an obscure offensive player catching a touchdown in that, <laughs> yep. and being like, "Matthew Hatchett caught a touchdown." Yeah, man. So the Vikings had three deep, and then Matthew Hatchett was the fourth guy behind the three deep. Uh, I would not. He I played for Jack Del Rio. Where? Jacksonville. Okay. Jags, I yeah. don't remember him. him with, so he he with played. Jackson so his career was uh, Vi- it was uh, Vikings, and then into the Jets for a minute, and then it was Raiders off season no. preseason. I don't remember that at all. And then he also was he was the leading receiver the one year that he played NFL Europe. He caught like seventy passes for eight hundred yards in ten games and was the best receiver in the league. <laughs> he was a good, what, good good player. What team does it say? In the uh, Amsterdam Admirals. Admirals, yes, yeah. Not to be confused with so, several of the other great, um, a lot of great teams out there. The Frankfurter, the Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Frankfurters. Frankfurters. That's what I was about to say too. <laughs> yes, that was a great league. Um, and, Ma- and Matthew Hatchett right. was part of when the pandemic hit. We did a, we did one of those. We got some people on a Zoom call and said, "Okay, let's get as many random athletes right. on the Zoom call as possible." He joined us. Or it was random Minnesota athletes, and it turned out like Matthew Hatchett popped on, and then uh, Joe Mauer. Was on George George Nyang, random NBA player, no Minnesota ties whatsoever. It was yeah, he just got on. Oh, people were bored. Yep. Can't blame him. They were bored. Yep. 
So, all right, boys. Uh, Judd, tell the audience what you're going to be sipping tonight. Why yeah, you just stew over the phrase competitive rebuild. Competitive rebuilds make me think of of just being competitive. And being mm. competitive makes me think of the beer that's the most competitive one that I drink because it's the best. Surly, and in particular, Surly Furious, the best IPA around. That's right. This is a beer, for th- those of you watching us right now, this is a beer that's never rebuilding because it's always firing on all cylinders. And when you drink a Surly Furious or any Surly Brewing product, you know what you can do? Phil and Dex, what can people do? Show us your uh, cans. You show, us your, show us your cans. Yeah, exactly right. At Jay Zolgad on Twitter, at Score North. Show us your cans. We always appreciate the fact that you appreciate the best beer. Yes, indeed. All right. Daily Vikings to entertainment, therapy, speculation. If you are triggered by us poking holes in competitive rebuild, we are uh, we're here as therapists as well on the other side of that. So hit us up for uh, for the the comments episode over the weekend too. You can find. Um, a quick message tab at the bottom of the Score North app. And please click subscribe on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow.